Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Will Wheaton. He has got an amazing cover of Michael Jackson's The Lady in My Life. Really great video, and I've got a lot of questions about it. It's kind of a sexy video. And we're going to talk about uh, the other hats that Mr. Wheaton wears. So welcome to the show, Will. Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you extending the invitation. Well, if you've done nothing else, you have made real estate seem very glamorous. <laughs> well, that is the goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, take it back. What led to this? I know you've had a long career in music, some brushes with uh, David Foster and Dick Clark. So what is the um, the elevator pitch version of your career up to this point? Well, basically, I've been lending lending my voice to other artists for several years, uh, my, my voice and my songwriting skills uh, and my arranging skills and for 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 vocals. And this, you know, I, I but the goal has always been to do my own thing. And I was attempting to do that ferociously in the in the 90s and we just never could seem to to get a record out so it, it took starting my own label uh, and then it also took me several years of figuring out what exactly i i wanted this this thing to look like this thing called me and music <laughs> and uh, so i i basically started my my, my own label um i i, I just I was doing another thing a couple hours ago and I, I was answering some questions and I basically said in, 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 in that response that, you know, for years I held on to a, a limiting belief that people wouldn't take me seriously in music if they thought I was in real estate and vice versa. And a couple of years ago, I kind of kicked that to the curb and just decided that I'm going to just show all sides. And so that's what led us to, to where we are now, Kelly kind of emerging and your catchphrase sums it up so nicely it's selling los angeles one note at a time yes sir yes, sir. <laughs> yes. that's what i've been doing <laughs> i like that i yeah. like that and you know um i watch those real estate shows and yep. uh some of that la real estate seems a little cutthroat no it can be quite interesting can, but you but I, what i always tell people is Real estate and music are really the same business. It's just a different product. But yeah. the 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 cutthroatness is is the same. <laughs> the, and and the you know and the benefits are are the same. If you're if you're successful, it can be a a, a wonderful thing. So, but but again, same business, different product. Well, I really miss the the smooth R&B of the 1970s and 80s. Yeah. yeah. And hearing you sing really gives me hope because you know you're known for this great baritone voice and you know when I when I was listening to the song it evoked, you know, Luther Vandross, Teddy yeah. Pendergrass, Alexander O'Neill. Awesome. And I, and we need more of that. I mean, don't you miss that era of music? I do, I do, and and you know what what I'll say is I think John Legend is probably the closest that we have to that today. 
Um, there are some other artists that are that are that are coming up um, that are really bringing us back to this music, which is which is another reason that I think it, it's it's been so well received to this point because I think people are starved for for you know for real singers and and real music and real songs, and I think this particular single kind of kind of checks all of those boxes well i i hope it does on the singing side but <laughs> it, it's definitely always been a great song and um you know we, we 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 did our best to to treat it as as well as we could and 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 bring it to today and you know with the with the with the hope that that people would, would embrace it and it's certainly been that so yeah i i i miss those those times as well and I miss I miss Luther. I, I miss you know uh, Teddy and and all of those singers because they were really masters at telling stories in their own way. Well, because remember when things were morphing like R and B, it kind of morphed into this smooth jazz format or quiet yep. storm. Do those stations even exist anymore? You know, the the closest thing I think we have to smooth jazz now is is the wave because most of the actual smooth jazz stations have kind of gone by the, by the, by the wayside. The, the wave some time ago seemed to, to, to make a commitment to make their format kind of middle of the road smooth jazz with a focus on you know, the old and the new that, that fit that genre. And, but, but other than that, I can't tell you a quote unquote uh, you know, smooth jazz station on, on the radio. I really can't. Because there was a time when pop radio had so many R&B ballads, like, you know, Anita Baker mm -hmm. and, you know, on and on. And these were kind of like, you know, the top 10. Yep. And, and you know what? I, I guess it's progress, but it just seems like um, what what music do kids, you know, make out to nowadays? Um, It's the stuff that you and I probably have no interest in, in hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I can pretty well promise you that's the truth. But but I tell you that there, there is a new artist that's that's coming up, and I'm I'm not it's not a plug, but he's just great. His name is Kenyon Dixon, and he is absolutely hell bent on keeping R&B alive, and he's doing a great job of it. Because what was so nice about I think some of the R&B classics. They were sexy, but they were very romantic at the same. Very time. much so. Very much so. Do you see yourself as as a romantic singer? Absolutely, absolutely. I I I am one that loves sensuality. If you can make me feel like we've made love without touching me, love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Then it just makes the actual act all the more better. So I, I, but the the thing is, most of today's music is so direct and to the point that there is no there is no room for imagination or or or, or fantasy or romance. It's just you know, bam, we, let's do it, blah blah blah, you know, whatever. Um, and don't get me wrong, that 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 has its place, and you might find a record or two of mine that take you take you directly there as well. But romance is what makes people. Want want to be in love and stay in love. I think. So. Well, especially you know we're coming up on Valentine's Day, and don't mm -hmm. you think you know a lot of women still want champagne, being taken out to dinner, 
listening All to nice romantic music. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, it's funny. Um, my my best friend's mother said to me just the other day. She goes, "I listen to this song and I want to go find me a boyfriend." <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, "Well, wow, okay." So it it's, it it doesn't matter what age you are. Everybody wants to be in love. And, you know, it's funny because you're saying real estate and music are a lot alike. This is part of the uh, video. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you're getting ready for an open house. You're putting out all this nice food. And mm -hmm. it's almost like your open house is almost like getting ready for a date. Exactly. exactly. The, 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 the thing that I, that I wanted people to get from the video and that I hope that they get is real estate agents, singers, the, the, the real estate agent and the singer do the same thing, which is make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. If I can sell you a house that, that you and your family love, your life gets better. If I can sing you a song that, that, that brings you closer to you love or, or to who you love or finds you someone to love, your life is better. Because when people pick a house, they say they want, oh, three bedrooms, two baths, but really, isn't it an emotional decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can pretty much tell when we open the door to a house for a client, whether they are, whether they are interested in it or not. And the interesting part is, if the house gets them first, all the particulars, the bedrooms, about none of that matters. They, they just fall in love with the house. And they want to absolutely have it no matter what. Because, you know, some people I hear, you know, it used to be you would bake cookies so that when people walk in, they right. smell the cooking chocolate uh -huh. chip cookies. And, mm -hmm. you know, how, so it's really kind of a seductive whole process. It's it's a like you said, it's like getting ready for a date. It is it is seducing and seduction from start to finish. Absolutely. Because what you're selling, it, you're, you're selling them the dream. You're, you're selling them, hey. This, this is what life will feel like if you live here. So how come, how come no producer has snatched you up for a reality show? Um, you know, well, I, I, I have a, a good answer to that question. Probably because I've, I'm not one who's willing to be on the shows just for the sake of drama. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been approached about, uh, a show idea or, or, or two, one that I was really excited about, but but the, but the show never never came to fruition. But most of the of the reality TV format is, you know, let's set these situations and 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 plan some conflict and then see what happens. I'm not interested in that. Right. But the, the unfortunate part is, most of the of the of the viewing public loves that they you know that that's that's the that's the complete reality tv cell we will you know we will stage some situations and and create some conflict and 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 sell that as 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 reality and that's not always the case but the but the the, the problem i think kelly is you know just selling houses is pretty boring <laughs> 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 so, in the absence of conflict, I'm not sure that anybody wants to be violent. So, so now that you say that, you know, you always see the point on those shows. They're in their car on their cell phone, 
and they're just acting like these are life and death issues. Absolutely. And 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 don't please don't don't misunderstand. There are cases where that is the absolute truth. There are I've had deals where things were about to fall apart in five seconds. But the the mark of a, of a good agent is that you sh that that their client never realizes if things are are, are are literally that dire and 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 that severe. But and, but the the actual. Things that, that 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 are dire aren't really that interesting. So it becomes more important to just create conflict between the you know between the people. You know, it's competition really and all that all that good fun stuff. I, I I get it, and and it does it does exist, but I just don't want to live there twenty four seven. Maybe all the more reason to you know shut a lot of that off and just listen to some good relaxing music. That's kind of what I say. <laughs> so well, do you ever well, do you ever just shut everything off? You know, I would love to answer that and say yes, but I'm I'm too much of a of a of a driven human to actually do that. I'm the, the, every minute of my life is okay. Now what's next? What are we doing? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? Blah blah. blah. It's you know. And but when I do shut off, the interesting thing is lis listening to music is the thing that I don't do. Oh, okay, that's the interesting part because the, the I'm so sorry. My my uh, fax machine has lost its complete mind. Um, oh no! Someone is sending over a lucrative offer. I hope they are, but I need them to stop it right now. Um, you know, I, I was just—I was just saying that I don't. In 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 my downtime, um, what I really love to do is just chill, and I mean chill seriously, not with music, because typically if music's on, I'm listening to it with a professional ear. I'm I'm critiquing this piece or that piece or. You know, which which is also one of the reasons that I, I don't go to many concerts because I can't really sit through them without going. Why didn't they do this? How could we? How, how could we have done that better? But you know that that kind of thing. But give me these days, which is funny to say, give me a good book, and you know some 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 chill some chill space and and, and a relaxing environment. I'm in heaven. So the lady in my life was uh, on Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Yes, sir. And it's like one of those songs you kind of remembered. I don't think it was released as a single, but it was not. But everything on the album was basically a hit because the album was, you know, the mega album of all time when it came out. The so, pinnacle of, of, of a successful album is Thriller to me. Yeah, because <laughs> it had Quincy, Quincy Jones uh, producing. And mm -hmm. I had to look. I kind of thought it was, but this is another winning Rod uh, Temperton composition. The man, the man behind so many hits that, it, that it's insane. I, um, I, I actually got a chance to work with, with Rod and Quincy uh, when we were doing Quincy's uh, Q's, Q's Juke Joint. Wow. And I, I had no idea at the time the number of hit records that, that Rod had written. Mm -hmm. And after, after our, our, our session that day, because uh, he mentioned something that, that piqued my interest. I, I can't think of what it was at the, at the moment, but I, I went back and I just started digging and I'm like, oh my God. And he, the most unassuming human being you, you, would ever, you could ever meet in your life. And just a kind, sweet guy. 
And was he from was he from England? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was just shocked when I actually, uh, you know, saw a picture of him. I yep. it was totally different than what I expected. I thought uh, he was. I the same. same here. <laughs> when, I, when I met him, and he said, "Hi, my name is Rod." I looked at him. I'm like, "Oh, cool, cool, cool." And then, and then somebody later said, "Man, Rod Temperton." He said, "I'm like, where's Rod Temperton?" He's like, "That's the guy you just met." I'm like, "That's Rod Temperton." <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, uh, but just a brilliantly talented man. So that's pretty Absolutely. cool. You got you got to meet the man uh, that wrote this song you recorded. Yep, yep. And I got to meet the man that sang it too. So when you uh, worked on Q, uh, what was the the album again? It's Q's Juke Q's Joint. Juke Joint. Mm -hmm. That's always mm -hmm. a tongue twister for me. Q's yeah, it is. Juke Joint. <laughs> it's a job. <laughs> it, it's a job. So what was um, just being in the presence of the. Quincy Jones team. Uh, I, I've worked with, with well, I, at this point I've, I, in my life, I've worked with him several times, but that was the first time I worked with him. And it was really interesting because I, I got a call. Uh, I was late, late at night. I was coming home from somewhere, a session or something. And the phone rang and the person said, hi, this is jo Josie. And I want you to, um, I, I want to see if you're available for a session with Quincy Jones tomorrow. And I immediately thought it was one of my friends on the phone playing a game, playing a joke. And I said, whoever this is, please stop expletive with me right now. <laughs> Tell me what you want. And then she said, I got your number from Saida Garrett and we wanted to see if you were available. I'm like, oh my God, she's serious. <laughs> so wow. I said, absolutely, I'm available. Just tell me where to be and, and, and what time. And when we got there, uh, the, the, uh, it was myself, um, Saida Garrett, Mervyn Warren, and Patty Austin. Oh wow! Yeah, we were we were we were doing the doing the uh, the backgrounds on on four or five tunes on the record, and so we started singing, and I, I immediately fell in love with Patty because she's crazy as crazy can be. <laughs> <laughs> And so we started singing and we were tracking the stuff and it was sounding great. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be, we'll be done with this in, 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 in an hour. So about 30 minutes into singing, she, Patty looked at me and said, are you warmed up yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And she goes, okay, good. Quincy walks in about 30 minutes later and he listened down to what we did. He goes, great, that sounds good. Let's start from track one. <laughs> oh. And they erased everything that we had already done. Oh no! <laughs> and, and, but when I tell you, I learned so much in that session. He's a master at what he does, and he—he, he, you know, good enough is not the answer. It's going to be great, or it's not going on tape. Yeah. And that—that that experience, it actually changed my entire approach to 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 recording. It was, it was a whole lot of fun doing that record and, and, and working with him. And he's he's a, a laugh a minute as well. Well, it shows what a small world it is. And, you know, being through one person, you know, one degree of separation from Quincy Jones. Yep. Yep. Who was, who was, uh, who, uh, uh, David Foster was actually Quincy's piano player. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now you you all did you make one or almost make an album with David Foster? 
I made a complete album with David Foster. So you guys finished that, and where is that album? It is somewhere in the vaults of Atlantic Records um, with dust all over it. <laughs> well, we got to dust this off. Uh, okay. I, is this ever going to be released? You know, I don't believe so. Um, the, the the record was, it was actually a, a group um, right at the, at the tail end of me trying to get things off the ground from the talent com competition that I won, singing Lady in My Life. Um, a friend of mine, her name is Nita Whitaker. She came to me and said, David's putting together a group and he's looking for a male singer with, 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 with some grit. And I told him, I told him he should talk to you. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I went to the audition and met him. And uh, the, the group was Nita Whitaker, uh, who is a phenomenal singer. N Nita Whitaker is, is, the, is the voice. She, she, she's actually in the Bodyguard movie. Oh. Singing, um, don't make me close, Mama, what's the song? I Have Nothing. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, she's she's because she demoed the song for Whitney to record it. Okay. So she wound up she wound up getting a getting a a, a feature in, in in the movie as a result. So Nita Whitaker, uh, Suzette Charles, who was Miss America, right after Vanessa Williams, mm -hmm. um, Warren Wiebe, who's one of the greatest singers on the planet, uh, who who was David's pretty much first call singer for every session, every gig he did. Uh, another friend of mine, Joey Diggs, who was who was the voice of Coca-Cola for, for, for quite a while. Um, and then myself. So wow. once we once we all got there, uh, and you know, we walk in the room and David's sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. <laughs> and we wound up, you know, talking and we 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 sang a, a few things together and he just he looked at us all and said, you know what? This is the group. The group was called Next Millennium. And okay. we were we were set to be a the, the the 90s version of the fifth dimension. Oh wow, the, that's that's quite ambitious. The, the music was phenomenal. We had we had songs from from uh Linda Linda Thompson, who was David's wife at the at, at the time. Uh, she actually pinned I Have Nothing for for for, for Whitney. Um, we had songs from Babyface, songs from Saida Garrett, and um, uh, we we wrote the, the 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 group and David wrote wrote the uh, single uh, for the for the record, and then I wrote another three or four songs on on the record as well. Um, and we also we had songs from from a bunch of very very great writers, and it was a great concept. But unfortunately, what we were told was that because the label had spent a bunch of money on one of their other acts that uh, Stone Temple Pilots is, is, is who the act was. The, the label opted to drop a hundred acts and we were the hundredth act that got dropped. So the record never saw the light of day. You got edged out by the Stone Temple Pilots? <laughs> I don't know if they know that, but yeah, we did. <laughs> well, you think they could have had both. Well, you know, the, the, the thing with, with the, the, the record business is it's a business. And if they think they're going to have to spend far more money than they'll make, then yeah. they typically will opt to 
not lose money. Right. Because it's or not just not take the gamble. I, I, I'll say it that way. Right. I'll and it's that. not just the production, but it's all the money promoting it. You got it. Oh, you no. Can it. you? I can, but I bet you guys, I can just imagine the cool music videos. You oh, it was the, the, the videos would, would have been amazing. And the, the music itself was just really good. It was really, the, the first single was a song called um, uh, Everything You Are. And it, it actually wound up being cut by Tevin Campbell and Coco from SWV as a, as a duet. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful music. Beautiful music. Well, I really hope that gets released someday. It would be wonderful. There was a, a label reached out a couple years ago in France wanting to to release it but we, you know we didn't have we don't have that control it the, the product belongs to the label so well after it was dropped did you talk to david i mean was he just devastated yeah i i i i believe he was he was disappointed but you know it was as i said it was a, it was a business decision um yeah. that i don't believe he had anything in, in any control over he at the time he was vice president i believe of of, of we at warner chapel I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Warner Electric at, at Atlantic, um, but the and, and his his label was was under their their umbrella, but it was a pretty much a, a decision across all of the labels to that 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 they had to cut a hundred acts. So, well, you know, a few years ago he he put together another group. Remember the Canadian Tenors? Yes, I've heard of them. Yes, I have. It's kind of, I, I thought it was so funny, a Canadian tenor. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought you had every combination of tenors, yeah, Canadian well, tenor. Now you got some Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll say this, he he did he did a real solid for, for a, a, another Canadian buddy of his, a gentleman named Michael Buble. Oh, yeah. That, well, I, that well, was a win. Buble still touring, still going strong. And also, um, oh gosh, why do I always blank her name out? You know, because David Foster, he's from, uh, isn't he from Vancouver Island, mm -hmm. Victoria, that area? Yes. Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yeah. And who's that? Who's the woman? She, she, plays... no, no, but she's also, I think, from Nanaimo. She's blonde. She plays piano. She sings jazz. Diana Crawl? Yes, yes. I kind of think of them from the same neck of the woods. Oh, I didn't know that. That's 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 information for me. Wow. Small world. Well, well. I'll give you give me one other celebrity name drop. These are so fun. Who's who's someone really cool person you've worked with? Um. Well, one of them would be Celine because of David. Um. We we wound up doing um, the prayer. No 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 no. Um, because you love me, from the from the movie. Like as a duet? No 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 no. I I I'm 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 also a session singer. So oh. the, the voices that you that you hear behind a lot of these artists. Um, in 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 a lot of cases. Over the past years, I've I've been one of them. Uh, um, Celine Dion's "Because You Love Me," Josh Groban's "You Raise Me Up." Um, so, on the recordings of those, that that's you in yeah. the background. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. 
So, Impressive. Those are those are mega hits. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But um, I, I I would probably say that the the most fun I had meeting a celebrity would be Michael Jackson. We did um, Michael did a song for the NBA called "We Be Ballin'," and I some <laughs> I somehow I have no idea how this happened. I got called to hire the singers to to to, to sing on it with him. And so I did, and we went into the studio and we started recording. Um, studio, the, the booth was very dark. You couldn't really see the, the engineer or, or, or anybody unless they turned a, a light on. But we start singing and all of a sudden I hear this voice say, that's great, could you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh I, my. I literally froze and went, uh yeah mike sure we can i don't know why i was i felt comfortable enough to call in mike in that moment but i did um and it was just amazing as we started working he would sing stuff and and, and the, every once in a while the, the reality of that's michael jackson singing in that room right in, right behind that glass right now it was a phenomenal day. After after we got finished, he he came out and 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 we met and introduced himself. And I'm mad at myself because I did not get a picture. Oh darn it! It was it was great. That was that was the the the, the most fun, I think. I wonder wonder why he kept it dark. Was it to, to cut down on the light bill? Well, for that that and or probably the fact that you know he's used to what happens when people see him. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's just decided, I will just keep it easy. Oh, no, it's not like he had to have, you know, the lights down and candles and incense burning or nope. ambiance. It, it was dark, but it was really cool. Well, it makes me think, too, you know, when you talk about, you know, these um, backup sessions, you know, that really, really is such the backbone of the music industries. All these people that, you know, support the stars there are brilliant artists standing behind the microphones that are that are deemed you know background and absolutely the, the thing about background singing is it's really there's an art to it because your 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 goal and or your mission is to be felt but not really heard you 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 add a texture you're not supposed to stand out and so what you find is many lead singers cannot sing background mm -hmm. because as a lead singer, you're taught to stand out. You're taught to, you know, be, be a, a cut above and, and, and be the one that, 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 that everybody hears. As a background singer, I shouldn't be able to pick you out of any particular place. Yeah. But I should be able to feel you everywhere, you, everywhere that I'm supposed to feel you. So it's... It's interesting, and and when I when I first started doing it, it it was a learning curve, a huge learning curve for me because again, I had been, you know, I I had been taught to stand out and make sure that everybody knew that I was in the room, and and then I started singing with, you know, some of the famous background singers like The Waters and, um, oh my God, Julia and Maxine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Oren and their brother Luther and um, uh, let me think, let me think, uh, Alex Brown and Valerie Pinkston and just all, all of these people that are that are on records, you know, for years and years and years and years. And they taught me, you know, 
to show up and learn how to blend and 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 lock a blend and get it done because you know back in the day we would have three to four to five sessions a day so there was no time to figure stuff out <laughs> you, you, you better be ready to sing once we once we once we know what what we're doing you better be ready to to deliver it and and record it and but what really did that for me was singing uh, uh jingles singing commercials and, and, and go ahead. And, and not to show off, but how many people will you meet this week who uh, can give you the first name of the Water Sisters <laughs> without Googling it? <laughs> I understand. I understand. I understand. They are they are amazing human beings and masters at what they do. See, are you, well, I don't know what they do now with digital, but back in the days with record albums, you know, reading the liner notes, yeah, just, just taking the time to read who all the support team is on these albums, especially the backup singers, you know? Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Then you, and you start to see the same over and over and thinking, hmm, these people I, must be really good. And, but the, the the reason in most cases that you saw the same over and over is because when when a group is you know when when there's a good chemistry, it's and and you know like I said they had four or five sessions in 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 a day, it was just easier for them to go from session to session to session to session than to have to regroup, reblend, re you know it was just bam, and so that's why you see that a lot. You know, and going back to, you know, I'd mentioned Luther Vandross earlier. He was kind of like, you know, the breakout, you know, spending a decade, you know, as this, you know, kind of superstar yep. background singer. Everyone yep. knew him and is thinking, when is he going to break out? And he finally did. Well, from, from what I, the story that I was told is that he was singing with Dion Warwick and she fired him. What? Yep. She would not. A lot. She told him he was too good to sing background, and he, he he needed to go solo. Wow. Well, it's kind of like kind of a compliment at the same time. Very much so, but I'm but I'm sure it was painful. <laughs> oh no, because I mean I love the story that you know he sang with David Bowie. On... Oh yeah, Young Americans. That's right. Young yeah. Americans. I, I I tell you, I have one Luther story. I was uh, during my my time with with David. We were doing, uh, David David got contracted to write the song for the 96 Olympics. Oh, okay. And it was a song called Power of the Dream. And so he wrote it, uh, he, and, he and Babyface wrote it. And we had started to record it. He was recording it on the group Next Millennium. We recorded it. The, the Olympic committee listened to it and they're like, we like it, but we don't know these people. We need a celebrity. So David brings in Celine ah. to sing the song. So now we had to kind of, kind of adjust it. So um, the group and, and a couple other singers were, were brought in to, to fix the, the, the backgrounds. This particular day in the studio, it's David's at, at, at the board uh, Babyface is at the board. Richard Marks is at the board. And, oh, wow. um, 
David turns to Richard and said, can you go get LV and, and let's, let's, let's see, if, see if we can get this done. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know who that is, but we'll see. I, I'm thinking it's, it's an engineer or somebody. Richard Marx comes back with Luther. Wow. And they stand him right next to me. <laughs> and I literally started protesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Like, Why would you stand him next to me? <laughs> and then they're looking at me like, what is, I'm like, I can't sing next to him. You have never heard a voice sound so pure and so beautiful in your life. Wow. He, it, what you hear on record is nothing near how, the beauty that that man's voice held. It was, it was incredible. In end of the day, it wound up being one, one of the best sessions of, of, of my life. We had a ball singing, but it, I, I will just never forget that day because it was literally like being in musical in, in a musical candy store. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. So that also makes me think, didn't David Foster do an Olympic theme? Yeah, the, the, the power of the dream. So so that did that go out under his name? Uh, well, I believe it went out under Celine. Was it? it? Okay. It, it was written by, by David and, and Babyface. Okay. I'll, see, now I have to make notes and Google all this when I'm done. I'm going to go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole looking at this it. stuff up. That's it. <laughs> but isn't it fun i mean how often do you get together with other musicians and just talk about you know the good old days all the time all all the time and you know it, it, because they, they they truly were the good old days music is is totally different now that the interesting thing about the the, the way it's created is just pretty much nobody gets together like even when, when we did lady in in in, in my life I sent the, the track off to the, to, to the drummer to, to, to lay his parts and then uh, the bass player and the, and the guitar player. And then we sent it over to the, to the string arranger and, and to, to, to record it. And he also put the, put the horns on. So it was like nobody was, to, the only people that were together were, was myself and, and Fred White who sang background on the, on the, uh, on, on the track. That was it. Wow. Well, don't you think what is so telling is nowadays how modern musicians love to sample this music. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, because it was good and because it's timeless. You know, it was kind of like in the 90s when everyone was sampling, you know, Lolita Holloway and, yep. and Martha Wash. And oh, it's yeah. kind of like, well, you know, can't you create a new one? And I think they realized, you know, a, a lot of modern singers couldn't do what those singers could do. No, no. And I, I tell you, Mar Martha Wash is somebody who I have the, the uh, who I had the pleasure of, of actually producing. Um, really? Uh, yeah. She, she, we, I, I wrote a song some years ago for, for a girl named Anastasia. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it's it's the song that started her career. It's called Not That Kind. And Martha was going to recut it. She actually did re re recut it. And I, I produced the the the, uh, the uh, remake version. And just listening to that voice live and in person was and, and then and then we actually she and I actually sang the backgrounds on the on the, on the version that I did. Amazing talent that woman is. Just see, you've been holding out on me. 
an Anastasia story, a Martha Wash. This is good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and Anastasia happened because at the time O.G. Pierce, uh, who was who's the producer of This Is How We Do It, mm -hmm. O.G. was was one of my good friends at the time, and he said to me, he says, "Listen, I got this girl. She's 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 kind of funky and 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 needs." Need something with with some some bite on it. I'm like, you know what? I may I may have just the thing. Young MC, the the rapper, he and I had had just written the song, and I said, you know what? I got the perfect girl to sing the song. So I took it to OG. OG does a demo of it. She starts singing it. Next thing I know, she goes on a TV show called The Cut, which was a show that Lisa Left Eye Lopez created. Okay. And she doesn't win the show. I mean, you, you're going to be on Wikipedia for 24 hours after we get out this. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't win the show, but Tommy Mottola saw her saw her performance. Oh, wow. And signed her immediately. See, isn't it funny how the business works? Yep. Funny is one word for it. <laughs> well, Anastasia, <laughs> what I like about her. She had not even, I think, bigger career in Europe, didn't she? Uh, and Anastasia sells out Wembley Arena in Europe. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I remember Not That Kind. I mean, that must still be a part of her set. Yes, sir. It's funny you said that. I She just posted on, on IG a couple of days ago her set list for her, for her current tour, and Not That Kind is the opening song. Wow. And I just have to say, you know, Martha Wash... You know, is there, do you guys, you know, still chat? I mean, she is such a, you know. She, I, and, I, she and I talk mostly on, on, on Facebook when, when we do talk. I talk more to her manager than I, than I, than I, than I do to, to her. But when I see her, I'm, I'm, you know, she's she's a whole bunch of fun. She's a whole, and a talented woman. Talented oh woman. Like, so do you ever want to do any like out and out uh, dance records again? You know, I did one um, on my um, old school soul CDs, a song called "Come On Everybody," and it's a, it's a, like a, a motivational, you know, come on, get out there and make make your life happen kind of a kind of a tune. Um, and when, when we did it, South Africa, um, um, one of the one of the um, principalities or or the some someone in government in South Africa named it the feel good song of the year. And I I really want to do some more of of, of that type of music. So who knows what'll be lurking in the pipeline? We'll see. See if you can just get them to use it as like a a, a European football anthem. There you go. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. But but you know the the big thing now is 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 the actual video games. Yeah. Getting music in a video game is like gold now it's pretty amazing so if you can get um the the, the re-record of not that kind into grand theft auto there you go <laughs> now you're talking oh my well before we uh, go into our final stretch here because you, you know i could talk to you all day but oh, all, all good day. things have to come to an end because yes, you're, sir. you're you're probably losing big sales as we talk oh it's all, no actually i'm we, we're, we're going to create some more right now that's what we're doing <laughs> well share with people where to find you and again to you know to go down the will wheaton rabbit hole learn about you and sure. especially uh where to hear the new song 
Absolutely. The the best place is Will Wheaton Music, and that's W I L L W H E A T O N music.com. Uh, on Instagram, it, it's it's Will Wheaton Music as well, but it's Will underscore music underscore no un, Will underscore Wheaton underscore music uh, on on Instagram. Twitter, I believe it's Will Wheaton one, and Facebook, it's just it's just Will Wheaton. But that's how you find me, and that will open the door to. And, and then on, on all streaming platforms, you can listen to the the uh, single, which is on Spotify, on um, Pandora, on Apple Music. Will Wheaton, the Lady in My Life. You will find it right there, and as well as all of my other music from my from my my other two recordings, which is Consenting Adults and Old School Soul. Excellent. Now. Have you ever confronted that actor that stole your name? <laughs> you know, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about that is we're in the same union. Ah. As as when I started singing commercials, I had to join the Screen Actors Guild. So, I get his checks, I get his tweets, I get <laughs> I get more stuff from Will Wheaton than I than I care to get, uh, but yeah, it, th that's been an interesting, interesting, interesting journey since since he came on the scene because I had to, I had to actually unlist my phone numbers because I was getting calls at two and three and four in the morning from you know little twelve and thirteen from, year old calls from saying, crazed hey, Star Trek fans. It's Will there? <laughs> no, this is not gonna work. <laughs> we, we've got to undo this. So. Oh, that's funny. You know, it's always funny in the Screen Actors Guild when you have the same name, they make you like add an initial. Oh, or yeah. Something. He, he actually spells his name with one L and I spell mine with two for that reason. Oh, okay. See, now the mystery is solved. There you go. Very interesting. You well, go. you guys, you, you have to at some point get, get, get a photo with him and Instagram it. You know, I would love to do that. Uh, there's there was a show that was that was almost about a game show called same the same name or something like that. Oh wow! And I was well, really hoping that that would turn into in, into something, but the show went off the air. I think after the first episode, so that was. Okay. See, you could have been on the celebrity edition. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and only, but only one of us would have been a celebrity. But that's okay. <laughs> well, or even better, uh, you just need to sell Will a house. That's it. You know what? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I can get behind that. That's not a bad idea, Kelly. Well, well if this is confidential information, you don't have to share it, but have you ever like bought or sold any celebrity homes? Um, a couple. A couple. Can't say who, but yeah, a couple. Okay. And are um, celebrities more or less demanding? It you know it depends on who it is some is some some I, the, the ones that i work with were, were absolutely wonderful but i have heard some horror stories so yeah oh no well we've all seen those tv shows yep so we know that one tile out of place one little <laughs> bit of moisture around the exactly window. it's a problem <laughs> it's like rip it out and i'm gonna yeah. sue you well, I, I want to give you the last word here to wrap up. And, you know, I, and you were kind of joking, you know, not a celebrity, but you are a celebrity because 
well, first of all, this career is amazing, but I bet if I went to LA and, and I needed someone to sell me a home, you know, I would want to choose the selling Los Angeles one note at a time guy. That would be him, me. <laughs> I, I mean, so how do other realtors uh, treat you? Do they see you as this kind of fun, you know, guy with his niche in the market? You know, the, the, the interesting thing I'll, I'll say about other realtors is for, for a long time, a lot of them had no idea that I was actually in music to the degree that I am. Because as a, as a, a, a background person, you know, you're, you're, you're seen and, and or you heard it and not seen, I'll say. Um, so it's, it's just been in the, within the last probably five years that I've started to really make it known that I really do both. Uh, but as, as far as treatment from, from other agents, we, I, I get along famously with a bunch of, 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 of the top agents that I, that I know. I don't know all of them, but I know a good number of them. And we have, we have great, rapport and we even you know so on, on occasion we we have the 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 chance to do deals together which is cool i like that so when someone is uh wavering on whether or not they're going to buy a house mm -hmm. uh, what, what's your tactic to get them over the hump and to buy it i typically sell them on the investment aspect of real estate because that's one thing that people sometimes don't well they, they, they've been thinking about it of, of late but you know it, it just the sale becomes on the the numbers and the, the importance of, of putting their money to work and having their money work while they're sleeping and I like that. that typically typically gets them off the fence and how about when one spouse is playing off the other oh my wife has to decide oh no ask my husband is that just the worst well, you know, the interesting thing is it's it's pretty much, I, it's very rarely ask my husband. It's always, what did my wife say? So <laughs> you learn you learn very quickly, happy wife, happy life. So we go with the wife and make sure she's happy and then everything else kind of falls in place. So that's why a romantic, swooning, baritone realtor does so well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well hey so one final word i'll give it to you the lady in my life great album valentine's day is coming up what is your words of advice for people to bring romance to their partner on valentine's day you've got to add the lady in my life and pretty much anything from the will whedon playlist on spotify to make that night even more special than it, than it ever could be. Well, his name is Will Wheaton, the real one, not, not the imposter actor. The current single is The Lady in My Life with a really a fun video. And I love the tagline. He is selling Los Angeles one note at a time. Maybe someday he'll write a memoir and, and talk about the music biz one note at a time. Hey, you know, keep me in the loop. Would love to talk more and really anxious to see what you come up with next. Kelly, thank you so much again for the invitation. This was a blast and I wish you a great day. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.